Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Well, back from Portugal is Noah Rubin. I am back in Tulsa, Oklahoma for like a brief hot minute uh, before I head out on the road again. I feel like I'm a world traveler through the United States. That's all I do. But you went to Portugal. Um, uh, How was it? Because I got to tell you, uh, you were playing tennis. I did hit tennis balls. Um, Yes. Let me just say, I'm going to interrupt. Yes, of course. You made your first quarterfinals since the pandemic at a challenger, Mm -hmm. which I know it might not sound like a lot for some people. I just, all joking aside, I'm very proud of you. As your friend, I'm very proud of you for this small accomplishment because I know how hard it has been. So I need to say that I'm proud of you. You did something that I didn't know you were going to be able to do again, and I hope there's many more in your future. So I can't make fun of you now? Fuck off. Um, yeah, no. I'm no. We're not swearing. Not swearing. We're not? I didn't get the memo. Shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Portugal was good. Yeah, no, it was It was actually some good tennis. Obviously, I'm in a place where I'm qualifying for these challengers now, so I'm putting in a couple more hours on the body, which, you know, is getting me in a, in a tight spot sometimes, but it was good tennis. I feel comfortable on the clay right now. I was a couple points away. I mean, I was 4-1, 15-40 in the quarters, you know. Yep. He won the semis fairly easily. Doesn't mean I was going to win the semis fairly easily. But, uh, you know, to be in that position playing that kind of tennis, I'm seeing glimpses of Noah right now, and and it's nice. And it's not all that consistent yet, 
but it's there and it's exciting. And when I'm competing and playing that kind of level, I know that I can get to where I want to be. And you didn't, just to be clear, you did not like slam a racket and it bounced in, into somebody or you didn't do anything with a racket to intentionally hurt someone like so many other male tennis players? You know, it's funny um, because a lot of them came up to me and they're like, no, you curse a lot. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's how I talk. And I, I really, <laughs> honestly, just when I talk normally, that's how that's how it comes out. Correct. But yes. we, it was, actually, I think it was the quarterfinal. No, 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 no. Round of 16, I was playing Kolar. And yeah. that was when I got that email from the ATP. And I was like, we have oh. to do something because people yes. aren't nice in tennis right now. Right. <laughs> and um, I was kind of laughing at that. And they're trying to take that stand, which honestly, it, it's not great. There are people that are in the line of fire right now, literally. And, you know, yes. we saw the Brooksby, which got close and nothing happened there. And, you know, this is, you know, I, I think it was kind of building up. We had a few incidences pre-pandemic you know with Shapo by mistake and then Joko and then it was kind of building up but yeah it's I've been as you know in acts of rage before and I don't think I get that close to hitting somebody like you really have to not have any awareness of what's happening around you to say I'm going to hit a ball line drive or I'm going to throw a racket around me somewhere like Right. No, no, you throw it down, and, and Roddick's thing was was you know kind of funny. I know you saw that, yeah. But it's true, like you throw it down. There's not many places it can go. You know, if you throw it down, or if you hit a ball, you go up. You know, so it's right. You know, it's just crazy that we're actually dealing with this. And there's a few other things we should be dealing with as well. But we'll we'll take a stand on this one. Yeah, let's let's. I want to just touch yeah. on it really quickly, Noah, because um, what what I found fascinating is. You know, it, it all tends to revolve around um, Nick um, and, you know, the idea of good for tennis, bad for tennis, that whole smashing rackets, whatever. Um, and I just found myself thinking it's not a, you know, it's not just a binary choice of, yes, it's good for tennis or no, it's bad for tennis. I can say that I got in. I got interested in tennis for the very first time because of the fact that I watched John McEnroe as a child and those outbursts. And then, like, I I was thinking about it. My direct path was watching McEnroe thinking, oh, my gosh, look at this crazy guy. And then, like, I saw Boris Becker play, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is really cool to watch. This is fun to watch. Um, So I I think it's it's fine to have these outbursts in tennis, although it is, again, very weird that it's only happening on the men's side. Right. Another another yeah. story, but like it's it's fine to have, but you just have to have the appropriate punishments. It's that simple. As long as there are appropriate punishments to keep the dangerous stuff out of out of line. I mean, like Jensen has to be punished. Right. Zverev has to be punished. Nick in some of those the 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 Indian Wells one where it came right. You have to punish it, and then and then it just makes so that we have a safe environment. That's it. That's it. You cross a line and then you're punished. You can do whatever you want on a court, but you have to accept that there are punishments. When there are no punishments, then you can do whatever the heck you want on a court and it becomes unsavory. Yeah. No, it can't be subjective anymore, I think is the issue. It's like you hit somebody, you're done. You know, that's kind of where we're at right now. And and there should be no reason. Automatic two-tournament suspension, whatever you want. Especially with this Verov one, which was... So long, obviously it was very quick, but in in reality, how long it took to go. Story of my sex life, by the way. 
You don't feel good about that. No, I really don't. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just one throw of a racket. Like, he hit it, hit it, hit it. Like, it takes a decent amount of time to say maybe this is not the right idea to be doing right now. Um, and it's funny because in tennis, when I'm thinking about, you know, how I would see tennis more exciting, like, I love trash talk. You know, that's just when I get competitive, I would love for that to be a part of it. And that's kind of bordering this line of, of that competitiveness. But when you're putting actual physical lives at danger and people right. can laugh and joke, but Brooksby's racket takes a ricochet, hits them in the forehead. You don't know what happens. The, right. You know, we can't take those chances. So the fact that we are still subjective in a time where I didn't think we were, to be honest, where I thought yep. touch, you're out. You know, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But it, it seems like, well, maybe he wasn't indirectly. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah. that no, we're, no, we're done touch, here. Yeah. Touch your own. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I don't I don't think I mentioned this to you in, in our conversation. I was uh, in the midst of the Curios Miami mm-hmm. thing when he had the, the, that with, with Carlos in the chair. Uh, I don't know if I, I was I was on the receiving end of some of the conversation. Um. Yes, because his his comment that got him the the game. I think the point. No, no I think point. it was the point penalty right. was when he was basically saying his friend who was in the stands, Matt Reed, doubles player. That was what got the, him the point penalty. Was saying that Matt Reed could come out of the stands and do a better job. So then in the second set, I I did not hear that. I obviously saw what was going on, but then. He came over to me and it was explaining the whole situation and then just continuing conversation. I, I have to admit I was laughing because of the fact that, I mean, it's Matt Reed and I, I love laughing at Matt Reed. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I, I, I have to say I've never been – I've never been in my years in tennis in a situation like that in that match – where Carlos Bernardes had completely lost control of the situation. I mean, there was literally a fan who yelled at him to shut up. A fan. That's That was right. like, I, I, I was just like, how, first off, the fan got to keep watching. Like, how do you not? Right. How do you, you're, you're, out. <laughs> you're out. You're just right out. Um, and I was just like, what are, what are we doing right now? Like Nick's just talking, have, everybody's cheering for him, having a great time. Yannick Sinner somehow is just sitting in the corner, just playing tennis. And yeah, I mean, it was a circus. Even as it was fun, right? Even as talking, which we both enjoy, even the trash talk. You know, I think it's the supervisor. You know, the chair empire kind of hits the panic button and says, "Supervisor, you come out." And then you tell yeah. the thing is with a guy like Nick, he feels like he's in full control of the situation, right? And and right. that can happen. So the supervisor comes out and says. Nick, shut the fuck up. Let's move on. Or or you get off the court. Or we're done. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And obviously you and I have, you know, different views on cursing than other people. You and I use it in conversation very normally. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm not going to talk to a four-year-old while cursing. And I understand that aspect. But how quickly they are to give me a warning for saying, fuck me, you know, while I miss yeah, right. a forehand. And then you don't see anything while it ricochets and hits somebody's shin, you know, with a racket is, you know, these are the things that have to be discussed and, and it goes back to subjectivity and, and we can't have that anymore. When we get to the tennis, um, specifically in Miami, uh, I, so I was working for the ATP. So all of my focus, all of my work was on the men's side and we'll get to Carlos Alcaraz in a second, but Iga Svantec is phenomenal in a week where, Ash Barty retires, and that is certainly 
I think, very sad in terms of the tennis, what she has brought, but also I'm excited for her in the next chapter um, of her life. She's already winning golf tournaments, um, apparently. Um, but I, I, her intelligence in terms of off the court, how incredibly well-spoken she is and thoughtful, um, and then her style of play, the ferocity with which she plays is just such a great thing for the sport. And at the same time, you have Naomi Osaka with a bit of resurgence. I would love, love, love if those two are able to lead the way for the next several years on the WTA Tour. And, and then the Fritova sisters, I think that's how you pronounce it. I mean, they're 16 and 14, and the 16-year-olds, Linda's already just, like, making people quake. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, holy smoke. Like, I'm, I'm really excited, and it, the tennis was phenomenal what tennis I did get to see while I was down there in Miami on the women's side. Well, how are you feeling about this Ash Barty situation though? I'm I'm sa- I'm sad for us as fans. But I am also like there's so many of you guys um and I I'm talking about you as and players in at your level like I would love for you guys to be able to just like hit a point and just say yeah I, I'm I'm good. You know like cuz I I know that it like what a, what an incredible thing for her to go out at what was she 20 26 27 25, 25 yeah. and she's just like i'm good i'm good and it just like there's so few players who get to do it on on that kind of terms you know what i right, mean right, and right. i'm i'm happy for her because i think that's just phenomenal so you're finding I, so the jealous. positive in it oh for sure okay cuz i mean obviously yeah. i'm as negative as i am i mean when i see that <laughs> When I see that, it's, you know, and she says how physically and, and mentally demanding, and, and we don't know how much, I mean, obviously she loves the sport. We don't know how much of a love, you know, it is compared to some of these other things that she's spoken about, and, and you can see yep. the smile. But, you know, does that prove anything to the fact that, you know, here's somebody at the top of the sport, you know, riding a high and said, I don't know how much more I can take, or you're just looking at it like, I got what I needed out of tennis, you know, I, I've taken it as she has she has a pretty balanced life, and I think the last several years have gotten her to a point. It, it you know again from the, the what I've heard from her, she's gotten to a point where she's content and doesn't doesn't need tennis, and that's ultimately the. Frankly, it's what I hope for all, all, every player, you know that it, it, we don't just like kind of hang on. Um, for for a long period of time, you know, after you've gotten what you need out of it, right? Uh, obviously, she checked, and that's a hard thing. Yeah, to say. I mean, she checked boxes that you know, point right. oh 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 one percent will ever check off right. in their entire tennis exactly. career. But um, yeah, I mean, it's an, I think it's an interesting conversation. I don't know how many other sports would have somebody at the top of the game like this going out. Um, I'm curious yeah. to see if we ever see her back in professional tennis again. Obviously, five years is a long time. Two years is a long time. She can say, like, hey, I'm back and I'm 27, you know, or yes, 29. Right. So it, it's interesting. Um, but regardless, I mean, you know, she she's doing it with a smile on her face, even though she was crying during the interview. I think there was, you know, a lot of mixed emotions. But she's done so much for tennis. She's she's one that's just unanimously loved, you know, and, and yep. it's – tough to find i mean i think you know when osaka was talking about her difficulties in the sport you know you had yep. two sides of the story and, and two sides of, of feeling towards her story while ash barty kind of came out and it was like a resounding let me give you a hug you know thank you right so um and, and then yeah. i think we also need to ask the question of why that is 
And I don't think you have to look very far to be perfectly blunt, right. unfortunately. Right. A, a conversation for another day. But, yeah, right. um, yeah, the tennis was, I mean, uh, just I don't want to give him too much time because we'll be speaking a lot about this man. But Carlos Alcaraz is, is a pretty good tennis player. He is very good at what you've he seen um, i know you haven't watched that much tennis <laughs> you know you were working yeah. your ass off um and yeah. ribo and i alex ribikov we were in portugal you know hanging out and we talked about uh alcaraz we're like i don't know if he has a weakness and if it does it hasn't surfaced yet so yeah i i that's i literally that's the one thing i said to somebody when they were asking me about him i said i there will be a point where players and the tour, I guess, make adjustments to him. Um, and, and frankly, um, in the final, Casper Ruud was taking away the drop shot, which was such a weapon for him throughout the whole tournament. So that, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where players in the tour will make adjustments. But right now, what's fascinating, Noah, is he is so brave and bold and confident in his ability in the biggest moments it is the Ketsmanovich match was one that I actually got to sit and watch mm-hmm. most of okay. it. And it, it was just like, he was not at his best. He still had like 40 plus winners. He was in the, in the third set tie break. He still goes for these ridiculous point, you know, for you, like it's a, it's a point zero zero two five percent chance of making, but he's just like, I have no problem. I'm going to make this. And he does. Right. And he's just so confident in his, his belief um, and the joy and spirit with which he plays. I mean, you're just drawn to him. In the, in the same way that I, I felt about Ego when I was watching her, like her spirit of competitiveness, you're just drawn to both of those people. Um, but Carlos was fun to talk to on, on from my perspective. Um, you know, I, I, there was a lot of Twitter, social media discussion when I asked him about his tactics against Tsitsipas um, because he was very open with what he was trying to do. Backhand, you know, cross, backhand, cross until the backhand line was there and he took it. Um, and it was refreshing to have that those conversations with him. He's, he's, he's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no, I, I laugh at his interviews. I, I think a combo of, of him getting comfortable with English, like we've seen with Rafa, yeah. um, his extreme confidence in himself and how he kind of goes through these interviews already at 18. Um, yeah, I mean, if he stays on this path and, you know, whatever he's doing to play this kind of tennis, you know, we, we will have a few Grand Slam champions for sure. Um, you know, that is, I, again, I don't know what surface would be better or worse kind of thing. You, you look at every grass, surface. Grass, I have some questions. You do and you don't, though. You know, it's like you think he would be athletic enough and moves well enough to, to yeah, figure out the time. And, again, they've, you know, obviously ruined grass, you know, and, right. and now it's super slow. So I, I I don't see a weakness yet. You take away the drop shot. That's not a tactic to beat him. Um, right, correct. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how players kind of combat it at the top. What was it? What was it like amongst the players that you were around last week? I mean, was just everybody just floored by it, or just kind of like, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw we we saw the kind of development of him in the past year. I think we were right. talking because he actually won the tournament in Oeiras that we were playing in Portugal, uh, which was yeah. a one twenty five at that time. Um, so he's known there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just one of those things that. 
nobody questioned. You know, you have players that you're looking and everybody's like making like side bets of like he could be top ten or he could be <laughs> with Alcaraz is like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. He's one and now or in two weeks from now, like yeah, he's you yeah. know, so he's just that player unless an injury comes and or his magical powers disappear. So Yeah, and I, I saw it on social media. Uh, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who posted it, but one of the positive things of having a talent like that, Noah, is that he is going to force those, if you will, the next gen group of Sitsipas and Zverev and, and that and Medvedev too. He's going to force other players to get their level up, and and that's what actually kind of excites me about the tennis thing. It's the same thing with Iga on the on the women's side, right? When you have a player player who is that special. Um, it just pushes everyone else. Um, and I, so I'm really excited about that aspect because I, I would love to see Sitsipas have some of those battles, protracted battles. That's a fun matchup. That was, um, yeah. The two of them, you know? Um, it was Vera for all of the, you know, take away the personal side, but, you know, on, on court, that's a that's an interesting matchup. And Medvedev, too, it's an interesting matchup with Alcaraz. Who's going to kind of step up to be that rival with him over the next several years? And obviously Novak. <laughs> yeah, for the next 43 <laughs> years. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, no, that was another thing Rybo and I spoke about. I brought it up was, you know, who's taking the place? You know, I, I like to do individual for individual. It doesn't always work like that. Federer yeah. left. Who's the Federer? Nadal left. You know, you could put Alcaraz there. But who's the next one kind of thing? So, yeah. But the thing that we are losing in this unpredictable time, I think women's was the first wave of unpredictability of – for yeah. every semifinal, there was a different player in the slam. Yeah, and yeah, now right. here, it's like, oh, Sissipas lost to Tiafo, and then Zverev lost second round. And, you know, you have these things. We're losing that rivalry aspect, which yeah, tennis, sure. I think, loves to some extent, I think is missing a little yes. bit. So, you know, obviously it looks like an Alcarez could be a stable figure, Medvedev a stable figure. <laughs> they are very different people than the Nadal Federer, but it could bring yep. an interesting rivalry. I mean, we have to find those, but so far the next gen, for whatever reason, uh, have proven to not be nearly as consistent as our last generation that we had. So it's interesting to see where those rivals, rival, rivalries, damn, will take us. I'm really excited about it, though. I, I, I tend to like the unpredictability rather than the rivalry personally, but I also understand how much the rivalries have really driven the sport for the last 30, 30 40 yeah. years. Um, God, you think about Martina. I know it's before your time, but Martina and Chris Everett, I mean, of course, what that did for women's tennis specifically. With the Borg-McEnroe time, same thing. You right, know? Yeah. right. Sampras and Agassi. Right. Um, yeah. Um, Kaysha and Rubin. Yes. Kaysha and Rubin. Uh, it's it's it, I, I will say there were so many people Noah who I was just I just talked to in Miami who listened to the podcast and they just like it because it is what we try to do and kind of talk about a little bit more about the 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 challenger level and the the you know uh, what some of the those stories are like I think there are a lot of people I'm I'm appreciative to everyone who reached out while I was in Miami um, and we're gonna try to do some more of those interviews I'm. I'm, again, genuinely excited to see you, uh, taking away from my sarcasm and, <laughs> and all of that. But I'm, I'm really excited to see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm excited to get to see you play again um, in Tallahassee and Savannah. I'm skipping Sarasota. As am I. Um, 
you are? Yes. I didn't realize you were skipping Sarasota. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, I've played a decent amount of matches. Again, my, yeah. I've, I've just make sure the body's okay. But, you know, I'm, I know you've been in the U.S., uh, but, like, Savannah, I'm so excited for, you know? Like, like, I haven't been in the U.S. playing events or hasn't been many unless you played the, the Masters. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I really am. And I'm, uh, it's, it's, Good again. I think we're seeing more and more events pop back up at the challenger level. Um, it's it's still I know not exactly where we would love for it to be, um, but I, I think we're seeing a lot more, not just here in the states but worldwide. We're seeing more events pop back up after missing a couple of years. Savannah being a good example here in the states, um, first one since 2019. Um, and I think that's good. And then the more and more opportunities we have, I, I, the better. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough few months for sure. Um, the players seem to have taken a toll as well. I'm, I'm talking yep. to a lot, and you know, it's there's excitement to play, but there's also tiredness. Um, you have the guys like yes. Tiago Montero that are just trying to put in as many matches as possible and make it through, and you know, yep. does it with a smile and, and works his ass off. But you know, you can see you can see the wear and tear, and it's only April, uh, so I'm I'm hoping that people are understanding it but uh yeah i mean i spoke a lot about the geographic locations there of what we spoke yeah. about of how some of the changes could have been implemented but hoping just to see more events i i also think i remember saying a couple months ago noah that there were probably going to be a few more retirements in 2022 um just because and now songa is adding to that list and that's not surprising right um, I, yeah, I think January 2023, I think the preseason, yeah. offseason, I think after you let the ranking settle, after you play a full yep. year of what tennis looks like now normal. in the present state, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever normal means, that's when we're going to see people be like, after all of this, I'm 660 or I'm 220 or I'm even 110 and I'm just not where I want. I think a right. lot of players are just like, I, I don't know how much I have left, but uh, not you and me, Mike. We're in it. I got a house to pay for. (laughs) Um, Can I end with a a, just like a personal moment for me? Would you mind? Please. Um, Jim Courier knows my name. And I know that sounds really kind of goofy. And I apologize that I'm going to. I hope he's not listening while fanball. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like. I, I think one of the things, you know, we, we all have these moments of accomplishment throughout our careers, whatever, you know, whatever we may may do. But for me, when I started playing seriously, I, I Jim Courier was God. Like, you know, the, the double-fisted baseball swing-looking backhand that he had, I patterned my backhand after him. And I even, this past week in Miami, he was doing commentary, and I... I even told him that, that I was just like, I, I was just telling my cameraman how I just used to do this, this backhand. He's just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I know it was terrible. Um, but like, man, that was a pretty cool moment for me. And like all of the sarcastic, bitter crap you and I do all the time, Noah, like just, that was such a flipping cool moment. And like, I had such appreciation down there in Miami for, what the sport does continue to give us. And I'm also really hopeful that the sport continues to grow so that what we've been able to accomplish and what we've been able to 
garner from these last several years, um, and I include you in that and the experience you've had, I hope it continues to grow so that more people are able to accomplish what they want within our sport. Um, and I know I'm pretty lucky to have done so here in, in Miami and have that little moment, and I, some of the experiences you've had as well. But that's what this whole podcast is about, is how we can help find ways so that more players get the exposure they want, get the opportunity they want, um, and, and kind of live out their patterns and their lives as they would want to. So I'm just, I was very happy to have one of those moments this past week, and I wanted to share it with everyone so that they know that I'm not always negative, <laughs> mostly you. No, I, I, I do, I, honestly, I want to add on top of that, um, whether it was your voice or a little bit of that bald head on the side of the camera. Yeah. Um, there were many, many players that came up to me directly and said how happy they were for you to be in that That's situation. Nice. They know, I mean, the hours that you put in, the grinding aspect, and for you to kind of live out that dream and whether it meant, you know, outgrowing us a little, but just to be a part of a different level of tennis that you haven't experienced before. Um, extremely grateful for you and everything you've done. So it is, nice it is definitely you. seen. I'm still going to punch you in the face as soon as I see you. Right on the forehead. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll, we are probably um, going to take next week off, but we will have a new podcast when Noah and I do get to Tallahassee. We'll get we'll a few we going there. Well, we have to. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can grab a guest as well yeah. while we're in Tallahassee. And Noah also, uh, just so everyone knows, Noah is, uh, we've already talked about it. He's going to win Savannah or at least make the final. Right in savannah so that you can stick around and i've got an airbnb with two two beds two bedrooms uh so that we can have an extra couple of days in savannah and just find some skull crushers right whoop, whoop. the show might be over but the conversation isn't join us on social media at noah rubin 33 at mike c tennis and at behind the racket expect new episodes every monday or tuesday and don't forget to leave us a rating on itunes it really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.